Hello friends and welcome to a Sunday evening edition of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, it is kind of warm considering the season, um, but nobody cares about that. Way out west where the buffalo roam and the deer and the antelope play, it's Justin, the Professor Anderson. <laughs> Justin, have you ever seen a buffalo? Like, yeah, many times. So, like, it's for real? Like, it's a thing that happens out in, in that area? Of the well, country? I mean, not like... There's not buffalo really in the wild. The U of S actually just did a... University of Saskatchewan is doing some, like, wild buffalo release projects. But we have a, a, a cultural heritage site called the Wanaskewan here. It's a First Nations uh, kind of... I guess it's kind of, kind, of called a, kind of called a park, so to, so to speak. But they have some mm -hmm. buffalo there. Some so bison. it's kind of a biological preserve as well. Yeah, and then there's also uh, Elk okay. Island National Park uh, near Edmonton where there are uh, some bison and elk and such in there too. So, yeah, I've seen plenty of, of bison in my day. I actually had a friend in, in elementary school whose family ran a, uh, a farm for bison. So, yeah. that's I find I see, I find <laughs> the story of the buffalo in North America absolutely fascinating. I know this, this is not baseball related, but if, <laughs> if you're ever interested, you could always read up all about it on the wikipedia machine um but if you're interested in baseball you can check us out on the twitter at bfmd podcast we are on anchor apple podcasts spotify google podcasts breaker pocket casts radio public stitcher TuneIn, and more and you can check us out at the brand spanking new bfmdpodcast.com it is a brand hammer new website justin's been working on it i've contributed uh nothing to it so far <laughs> uh it's a work in progress folks but uh, anything you want to say about the website justin no just uh feel free to check us out there there are links to all of our episodes uh you can find some bios on us the hosts and again if you want to get in touch with us there is a submission box there to ask us questions or you can fire up the hashtag bfmd podcast on twitter i'm going to start monitoring that and using it in our in our uh, podcast tweets so if anyone wants to chat with us there just hashtag that bfmd podcast and we'll find your tweets sweet i'm actually excited that we have a website now because it's just a, it's another place where people can connect with us but more yeah. so i think while podcasting is our number one thing, I, I, I am kind of interested in uh, in seeing what comes of uh, of this season, and maybe maybe this helps reignite my passion for writing again. I don't know. I'm kind of curious. But before we get into baseball, Justin, um, the hockey world lost a big one. Yeah. Uh, Walter Gretzky, the father of Wayne Gretzky, passed away at the age of 82 uh, a couple days ago. Uh, it's very sad, and it was very cool to see hockey, uh, hockey Twitter, you know, uh, take some time to remember Walter, who was mm -hmm. kind of the penultimate hockey dad. That's all I really wanted to say about it was, um, you know, I can remember reading about Walter, you know, uh, as far back as, you know, being a kid, reading about Wayne. Yeah. And you can't have one without the other. The stories are very much so intertwined, of course, um, but... Um, I one think of the most some... uh, one of the most famous sports dads for sure. I've kind of put him and uh, and Earl Woods on the same same level. Tiger's dad. So yeah, and it's just kind of it's kind of amazing. I mean, he lived such a spectacular life. Uh, you know, passing away at age eighty two. 
all the places he had been and, and people that he had seen. And yeah. he was almost he, – he had his own kind of separate thing from Wayne in a lot of ways. Obviously, he's his dad, and you can't get away from that. But Yeah. He was Canada's yeah. hockey dad. <laughs> yeah, he, he'll be very fondly remembered. So shout out to uh, Walter Gretzky, um, the great one's dad. Yeah. Um, let's just get right into it, though. We got a lot of news to cover today. And we'll chat about the games that have come to pass since our last episode. So, Justin, take us right into it. Sounds good. First up in the news, Jeff Passan at Jeff Passan, P-A-S-S-A-N on Twitter. Great follow. Uh, Right-hander Jake Odorizzi and the Houston Astros are in agreement on a two-year deal with a player option. Uh, Source tells ESPN the last big free agent is off the board. Obviously, there was some chatter among uh, Jays fans with the Nate Pearson groin strain that maybe it was really time to to give Odorisi the money he was looking for. But the Astros also lost a couple of pitchers this week. I know they're one of their top prospects. Uh, Forrest Whitley may have to undergo Tommy John's. He's kind of in a similar boat to Nate Pearson, where he's 25, so you're older than Nate, but hasn't ever pitched in the big leagues. So, uh, hoping to get something for him. But they needed a pitcher just like we did, and they were willing to pay the money for it. So he's gone. Any uh, any uh, regrets of not signing Odorizzi, Patrick? No. I yeah. mean, w- it would have been great. Odorizzi slots in as like a solid number three for a team. He would have probably slotted <laughs> in as our number, our number two. Um, I don't know. You kind of dance with the with the one that got you, yeah, that took you to the dance kind of thing. We've got yeah. a we've got a lot of pitching depth. I'm not saying that it's great pitching depth. It's not like we got five aces to throw out there. It's we're not depth. The, yeah, we're not the Braves of the '90s, but no. you know, we've got uh, we've got a pretty strong bullpen that's demonstrated so far here uh, in spring training that uh, you know there's some quality arms on this team. I yeah. don't, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna crack that eighty-five wins that Fangraphs projects us at, but you know, whatever, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we gotta score twelve runs a game to do that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in COVID dumbass news, Cleveland stars Jose Ramirez and Framil Reyes, along with Cubs reliever Pedro Strope, have been uh, isolated from their teams for breaking COVID nineteen protocols. Uh, good on these teams for uh, sending their their guys home for a bit. Uh, yeah, can't have that if the MLB wants to get their season off and not have any delays or any Miami Marlins or Philadelphia Phillies situations like we had last uh, last summer. We've got to be uh, we got to be smart about this. Um, that's really all we got to say about that. Nothing too too much there, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's just jackassery. Jackassery. That's all there is to it. <laughs> um, in Nate Pearson news, we've got a couple of things here. Nate Pearson played long toss today. Felt good. He'll be reevaluated tomorrow. Uh, and then more long toss on Tuesday. Uh, we'll get a little bit more clarity on his injury and the timetable after after Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. Um, roster move. Blue Jays legend, right-handed pitcher Joel Payamps is back with the team after being claimed off waivers from the Red Sox. Jake Wagus pack was DFA to make room. So the Jays originally claimed Payamps from the Red Sox in February. 12 days later, the Jays waived him. He was claimed back by Boston. And now 12 days after that, he is once again a Toronto Blue Jay after the Red Sox tried to DFA him too. So I know the Red Sox had claimed him from Arizona uh, earlier this this year too, I think early February. So this guy's getting uh, this guy's getting passed around like a bottle at a party right now. So 
Um, any any thoughts on Joel Payhams? This guy seems to be a guy that everyone thinks they can sneak through waivers, but it hasn't worked so far. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand the the move because I still think Jacob Wagaspack has something. I I I don't know. They're taking a gamble by DFAing him. Um, I don't know. Whatever. I, yeah. I, some, you know, this move, there's got to be a reason for it. And I definitely don't see it looking at, you know, his numbers. <laughs> yeah. At numbers, even on his a piece minor of league paper, numbers. Um, yeah. Like, yeah I his, his big league numbers for reference, he's appeared in, in four games over 2019 and 2020 for the Diamondbacks, thrown seven total innings, walked six, struck out five. Uh, ERA uh, just below four, so yeah, uh, just like I want someone six and a half. <laughs> I want someone to tell me definitively that this guy is better than Jacob Wagas Pack, and I, I just want to hear the argument because, like, I just yeah, don't, I don't see it. I don't I think, know if. Go ahead. This is a reclamation project. This is a Derek Fisher project. It seems like mm. our our management team always wants to have one of these like reclamation prospects on the roster. For some reason, and I I don't see it either. Uh, I I would I I'm, I was surprised when we DFA'd Wagus Pack for him just because of the fact that we've given Wagus Pack a plenty of time to to develop and uh yeah like he like you said he's he's shown some flashes so it seems weird to uh, trade a a 27 year old for a guy who's gonna be 27 in a few in a few months so I don't know this is just like an apples for apples kind of pick I think. Yeah, you know, it's even fine if they're saying like, okay, we're done with, 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 uh, with Wagus Pack, yeah. uh, and you know, they maybe they made some calls and we're like, um, anybody interested in this guy? And if the answer is no, well, then obviously DFA is what makes sense. So like, there's got to be something behind the scenes that we just don't know about, and mm-hmm. which is fine. Whatever. Yeah. This is a whatever move. It's not gonna do anything. For sure. Before we get into the game results, uh, we want to talk about a couple or, or three guys, really. We, we haven't seen much or anything from Hatch, Thomas Hatch, Julian Merriweather, or Trent Thornton yet in spring training. We're supposed to see them pitch this upcoming week, uh, so we'll see if that happens or not. I know we, we got into a bit, of a, a, bit, a, bit, a bit of a debate before hitting record today on, on Trent Thornton and whether or not he deserves a shot at the rotation now. I'm on the firm camp that he has to earn a spot back. Yes, he was good in his rookie year, and we'll say good because, yeah, he was forced into an unwinnable situation back in 2019. Gave us 30, 30, or, or 29 starts, 150 innings, and an ERA just under five, which basically mirrored his ex-FIP. So uh, a, a very major league average started then, but a, for a rookie year, pretty good. He hasn't been healthy. He, he pitched five innings last year, was not healthy. Uh, has had some setbacks, has shown flashes, but I'm, I'm of the belief that he needs to start in AAA and earn a rotation spot. I do see him as a guy who would be one of the first up if there's an in- injury, but I think he doesn't just get a de facto tryout. He has to actually go down to AAA and earn it. What do you think, Patrick? Uh, I would say like I'm mostly in that camp, but also I think he earned his dues in 2019. The injury that happened last year sucked. It ruined his year. He should yeah. be coming. If it were me, if I were in Trent Thornton's position, I would come into camp fully confident and believing that one of the five rotation spots is is mine to lose. So 
I it's very interesting to see depth charts and to see you know him uh, get tagged as like number six or number seven. I don't right. understand why Tanner Rourke deserves a second chance. Do you, like, like if I he's getting losing, paid ten or twelve million dollars a year, that's why. That's fine, but are we gonna we're gonna pay him twelve million dollars to lose us seven games? Yes, sir. That's I just. It's gonna be more than seven games, by the way. He's gonna lose us. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like it's just jackassery, considering that Trent Thornton worked his ass off in a year where the team was the absolute worst Jays team I think I've ever seen. And he, he, you know, he was serviceable. The defense of that 2019 team was awful. Uh, I understand his, his FIP and his ex-FIP. They, they tell the story that he, he was maybe a, a below-average starter. But I just think you got to give this guy some runway, give him an opportunity to, you know, demonstrate that he still has it. Yeah. And I think he does. So I just think it's foolishness. We're trying to force – uh, 2016 or 2015 Tanner Rourke to come back from the dead and it just doesn't it, it, he doesn't have it anymore it's yeah. you know I'm, I'm going to predict that Tanner Rourke doesn't finish the year with us okay um, similar vein Thomas Hatch uh, great at the bullpen last year uh, 273 ERA but his ex-fit Patrick was 506 yeah uh, alarming due to the walks that were just below four and a half walks per nine innings so basically yep. a, a, a four and a half walks per game which is not great one every couple innings um for hatch the jays see him as a starter he started in the minor leagues all through his time with chicago and then in six games with us in double a in 2019 when we acquired him for current blue jay uh, david phelps um they're stretching him out as a starter along with another guy julian merriweather uh, who's obviously had all the health concerns. We got him for Donaldson, pitched a little bit last year too, similar numbers. Those guys are being stretched out as starters, but could end up being swingmen or relievers. Just like Trent Thornton, I see both of those guys in AAA Buffalo to start the year. I think that Anthony Kay is probably going to anchor that AAA rotation to start unless he makes the Blue Jays roster, which he still could. Um, but then we'll have everyone else like Tom Hatch, Thornton, Merriweather, uh, Zoik, pitching in AAA behind Batani K. Um, do you yeah. see either Hatch or Merriweather making the team as a starter, or would you want to see one or both of them as a reliever right away too? I would be down for both of them to start as relievers. I'm, I'm not of the belief that pitchers should be uh, pigeonholed right into a role from the beginning of their career until the end of it. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me in 2021. Uh, Thomas Hatch was effective last year. Yeah, he had a high walk rate, and he was a bit of an, an escape artist. Uh, he should have conceded way more runs than he did. Um, but that being said, he has something. He's got some some zip on his pitches. He, he's uh, yeah. He can pepper the strike zone, uh, and he's not afraid to do so. I, I don't know. I, I think we should put the best team out on the field regardless of what position they're supposed to play. That's just my opinion. I think Merriweather, I don't know. They're really, they're giving it everything they can to kind of see if this guy pans out. Um, yeah, he had I, 10 strikeouts for nine innings last year. Only 13 innings pitched, of course. Eight, eight appearances in the opening yeah. three games. But the strikeouts were there. He didn't give up a home run at all last year in those 13 innings. So that's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and his FIP was actually at 331, while his ERA was 415. So he actually underperformed his expected 
um, ERA numbers. So guy that has some potential. And again, he had been a starter, didn't pitch at all in 2018 because of Tommy John surgery. But um, I, I, I just see all these guys not being ready for every five days in the big leagues yet. I can see Hatch in the bullpen again. I would be happy yeah. to see Hatch in the bullpen, but everyone else, I'm like, these guys are starters. They have to go to Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We're we're trying to push. I mean, the thing is, like, we look the way we look at it is like, I want this team to be good now. Yeah. And if if it means putting these guys in the pen and having them pitch limited innings, um, for the sake of like winning baseball games over like prolonging their development. I'm. I don't know. I kind of want to win now. I don't believe either one of them is going to be a game-breaking starter, even if we do prolong their development. So I'd rather get the most out of them now. That's that's just my feeling, but that's as a fan. That's not as someone who is in control of the farm system. Yeah. So, like, it is what it is. Hopefully, if if, if that's the case, the AAA rotation is pretty strong. Oh, agreed. Anthony, Anthony K, TJ Zoic, Julie Merriweather, um... Thomas Hatch and I, I, I guess Trent Thornton would be their the first call up guy. He would probably be the ace, I guess you could say, if that's what they want to do. I don't yeah. think all five of those guys though start in AAA. I think at least two of them make the team. It could happen. Yeah, I know it's kind of a. I, I kind of feel like I'm arguing both sides here because we just talked about <laughs> needing starting pitching, and then I'm talking about not starting these guys in big leagues. But we we need. Um guys with pedigree with a with a track record and these guys don't have that yet i'd rather uh, start any of those five guys over tanner Rourke. that is 100 percent true <laughs> yep moving into game results from the last three days uh, last three games since we last recorded on march 5th the blue jays defeated our old foes the trash birds uh 13 to 4 over the orioles teoscar hernandez was two for two with a couple of runs scored Josh Palacios, uh, three for three with five RBIs. Uh, tweet from Hazel May. Uh, Palacios credits George Springer for helping him in the outfield. Springer taught him how to read flow of the game and hitters. Quote from Palacios, he'd give me a few tips. He'd see certain cues and make sure he moved and made adjustments. Pretty cool that Springer's already helping out the young guy. Danny Jansen yep. finally got off a of Patrick shit list with a two for three with two <laughs> RBIs and a home run. It's almost like he needed like more than 10 at bats in the spring to count start counting a sample size or something. Uh, yep. Phelps, Barucki, Liriano, Romano uh, combined for just one run over four innings pitched. Nice little combo we have going there with those guys as Patrick has here in the notes. Hunjin Ryu looked okay in his debut. Did give up a home run to a guy's last name I'm not going to attempt to say. And Randall Grichuk went one for one with a couple of RBIs before he was replaced by Palacios, who, as mentioned, went three for three. So that, that spot in the order was four for four with seven RBIs out of the 13. So Oof. good on that spot. Any thoughts yes. on that game, Patrick? What do you think of this Josh Palacios guy coming up the uh, kind of the radar of our prospect pool? Man, I badly want him to make the team, but th- th- that would make him like the left-handed sixth. outfielder. The sixth outfielder or something. It's crazy how hard he's competing right now. Yeah. Considering the fact that like Guriel is a lock to make this team. Springer is a lock to make this team. Tiaz Hernandez is a lock to Grichuk. make this team. There's our outfield. And then you've yeah, got Grichuk. Randall Grichuk, who you're paying $10 million to. He's going to make the team. So you have to choose between Jonathan Davis and Josh Palacios to make the team. Yeah. And they've both been great. Palacios has been better, but Davis is the, excuse me, the, the better incumbent. defensive player. <laughs> Yeah, so like, 
Now I'm like, you really got to trade Randall Grichuk to fix this problem. And it and why bother Good trading Randall Grichuk yeah. when, uh, you know, if you could just have him Grichuk DH or play right. Yeah, that, like that's fine. It's worth noting that uh, Palacios uh, is a twenty. He was a twenty two thousand sixteen uh, draft pick. I believe he's on our forty man roster now. I believe yeah. he is. I could be wrong. Yeah, but I think we put him on there to protect him from the Rule Five draft this winter. But he he hasn't never played above Double A. Uh, he hit two sixty six in twenty nineteen with the Fisher Cats. That's good. Um. Good. Yeah, thirteen percent walk rate, only twenty percent strikeout rate. So a pretty right. good, uh, a pretty good on base at three seventy one. WRC plus in Double A was one thirty four. So he's been above, a, a way above average Double A player. Uh, he, apparently, he made lots of strides at the alternate training site last year, playing against guys who had Triple A experience or some of these top draft picks. Yeah, I think that alternate training. Off. Yeah, that, according to people, that alternate training site was actually like a beneficial to a lot of these lower minor league guys. So it's nice to see that there's actually like something positive that came out of not being able to play structured yeah. league games last year. Um, and yeah, like he's 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 25, so it's like it's not like he's a young prospect anymore. So him and David, like Davis, is obviously 28 or 29 now. I don't, I think he's 29, but um, we we kind of know what we have with with Davis, whereas this guy is is still kind of coming up through the system. Can I so, say something? This yeah. Is gonna- I, I hate saying this too. Like, I think we got to give Palacios a shot. I, Jonathan, Jonathan, with Davis has, Jonathan Davis has had his chance. And yeah, yeah, he was way better last year. But like, this guy is on fire right now. Like, it's the oh, same yeah. thing with Santiago Espinal last uh, spring. We got to give these guys a shot. See give what the happens. hot hand a, a chance to start. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's he'd be the fifth outfielder. Probably a late innings defensive replacement for a Teoscar or a Gurriel when we're up. I know. By a but few he can runs. hit. He, he, he can, can hit. he can hit in the spring. <laughs> we'll see what happens in, in when the, the quality of the opposition comes up. I, I didn't look to see what his like I know baseball reference have? has a quality of opposition ranking. Um haven't looked it up in the spring and Do, I'm checking to see if he has any options. Because if Palacios he, has he does. options. He does. He's got three options still. Oh, then he's a hundred percent gonna be in AAA. I think he's proven yeah. he deserves a promotion to AAA, and he'd be like, if there was an injury to any of our outfielders, he'd be a no-brainer call-up. And yeah. I think he would get starts over Jonathan Davis. Um, but well, let, let's yeah. see what happens in two weeks. As we're like, in two weeks, they'll be the twenty-first of March, and we'll be a week, like basically ten days away from opening day. If he's yeah. still playing at that anywhere close to this level by then, and Davis isn't playing at the close to his level, then maybe we have a more of a conversation. We'll see what happens in the next couple think, weeks, though. I think Davis has been—he's definitely he's been, been okay. on base. Every he's been game. great defensively too. So he's he, been on he base is. every game, and I, he might even have a hit every game he's played too. Uh, I think he's perhaps. played six six games. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He went one for two uh, today. Or not today, sorry. Uh, I think he was it yesterday or today. One Maybe. of the two. It wasn't today. Right, right, because he didn't. Yeah. So it was. It was yesterday. Okay. Um. <laughs> so that game. Uh. Yesterday, as Patrick is mentioning, March sixth, the Jays defeated the Phillies seven to one. Colin Large, a first base project or project prospect, who is low in our rankings, hit a three run homer. Uh. Vladdy started the game at third base. 
Logan Warmoth went one for one with an RBI. He's had a decent spring so far. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Roark managed to scatter only one hit over two innings, but was pretty wild through a lot of pitches in Tanner Roark fashion. And Tim Meza, the feel-good story of the spring so far, another scoreless inning, one inning of with, with two strikeouts. Uh, what are your first takeaways from that game yesterday against the Phillies, Patrick? Again, no video of this, so we can't really say that we saw anything. <laughs> yeah, we just kind of have to deal with what's on paper. The box and, and score boys are back. Doesn't it kind of doesn't it kind of feel like Logan Warmoth is replenishing his prospect value? He's, I'm not saying it's back up to 100. percent Got to do something this year, or else he will not be a Blue Jay uh, come trade deadline. Or even if he does do something, we, we might trade him because we have so many shortstops. <laughs> I mean, they've, they've had infinite fucking patience with Jonathan Davis. I don't see why Logan Warmoth... He'll be in AAA. He'll get a chance this year to, to play at AAA. He will, yes, for sure. He'll be a regular in AAA, but yes. he will get... I think he will get a call-up. I'd love to see him play maybe 20 games, see what he can do. Because if he gets if he starts hitting and he gets hot, like he has been in spring training, yep. he might... You know, this might be a guy worth chucking into the lineup at DH. It depends. Teoscar Hernandez, what happens if he struggles at DH? We've got yep. Randall Grichuk, but still. Hey, if if one or two of Simeon, Biggio, or Bichette gets hurt, we need somebody who can play a middle infield position. So he'd be a guy that could, that could be a call-up. Yeah, well, I mean, Santiago Espinal will make this team, and he'll be, he'll be the guy uh, Perhaps. to do, fill in that role. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, Warmoth has impressed me, and I'm just happy. I think Tim. I still think Tim Mays is going to make this team. He could. Are you starting to come around? Yeah, uh, I, I think it could happen. Um, obviously, I always talk about how you, you you can never have too many lefties in your bullpen, and yeah. if he's if he keeps pitching as well as he has been these first few appearances, he'll definitely put um, the the stress on the team when they, if they have to not bring him on their roster. So I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, today's game, March seventh, the t- the Tigers beat the Jays five to one. Robbie Ray had a decent start. He went two and a third innings, gave up one hit, one earned run, walked two batters, but struck out six of the seven batters that he saw. So every out, every out except for one was via strikeout. Um, this is kind of the, probably the kind of stuff we'll see from Ray. I think he's going to be like a five six inning guy with like eight to ten strikeouts, which is is pretty typical. Uh, another great inning from Anthony Castro, who actually went an inning in two-thirds and struck out two. The only only pitcher to have a clean performance today with no hits, no walks. Elvis Luciano had a rough one today. Uh, did not <laughs> record an out. Gave up a couple hits, two walks, and three earned runs, and hit his second uh, batter in the head of the spring. He hit Grayson Griner uh, in the head. Uh, the training staff came out, and he walked off the field with a towel on his face. Seems to be okay. Hopefully he's all right. Uh, Luciano also hit Zach Short on Thursday. I, I believe that was against the Tigers as well, too. So he's already up to two two headshots this spring, yeah. which when you're not playing Call of Duty is not a good stat. Um, uh. We hope these guys are okay and that Luciano can figure it out. But this he's been wild as, as wild can be this spring so far. Uh, last two notes from this, or last few notes from this game, then we'll discuss this. Two hits today for the Jays, double from Kevin Smith, a single from Marcus Samin. Our hitters did dress seven walks and only struck out five times, but we couldn't get anything going in terms of the run production department. Uh, Robbie Ray said he felt good about his slider today. He was getting some swings and misses. Felt like it was coming out looking like his fastball. 
And then Kevin Biggio, according to Keegan Matheson, again, we don't have any video for this. Kevin Biggio just made a fantastic play at third, playing well off the bag. He raced over to field the grounder near the bag and then threw back across his body on the run, placed perfectly to Telez at first. Uh, everything else hit to Biggio this spring has been fairly routine, so I haven't uh, given anything much weight. This one was pretty, though. On his throwing arm, which is still the primary question at third base, his early throwing velocities have been average or a touch below. We'll get a better sense when he gets a few slow rollers and really has to max out on some throws. Those tweets from Keegan Matheson. Uh, Patrick, lots to digest from today's game. Obviously, we lost, but some interesting storylines. What were your uh, takeaways from today? Uh, I think Robbie Ray is is finding his form. He's throwing strikes. 33 strikes and 50 pitches today. He's... I mean, he's always been a very aggressive pitcher, um, yep. but to, to have him six out of his seven outs be K's, uh, you know, there's not much to be to to be said except you know, like he, it's impressive. He's yeah. um, maybe there, maybe he'll be okay. You, we we need him to be okay. <laughs> yeah, we need him to be really good if we're gonna, you know make the playoffs or even compete. Uh, I'm very impressed with Anthony Castro. I would like to see him pitch more throughout spring training. Like I want to see him log as many innings as possible. Uh, And Elvis Luciano, I think I, (sighs) (laughs) Uh, what's the, what's the best way to put this? Uh, Elvis Luciano, needs a lot more development he's still only 20 years old like he's still a kid for christ's sake we need to give um, him the uh the wild thing ricky vaughn glasses treatment maybe he needs glasses. no i don't know what it is but he's still like he's he can throw the ball oh yeah hard. he's got he's got the velocity to pitch for sure it's just i just think he needs a control. lot of development he's way too wild too green um, yeah i mean it just sucks because like we watch him get beat up when we first traded to get him and then he was yep. hurt and now he's back and he's just wild all over the place i i think that's enough that's enough putting him in front of mlb hitters i think you've got to take his development a lot slower i get the whole galaxy brain move of like claiming him <laughs> uh and then you know he was going to be bad because we were going to be bad so it's okay to you know trot him out there um but at this point it's it's like I don't think we would have won this game even if Luciano hadn't pitched just because there, there was no offense. But yeah. uh, I think he's I think this is it for him. Uh, pitching in front of MLB uh, hitters for now. Let him develop, you know, out, out of the spotlight. So, so he doesn't have to think about the fact that he's being two guys in the head because uh, that'll – That'll fuck with Yeah, that's that's team. tough mentally. Yeah. I've watched as as an umpire, I've seen guys get hit in the head before and the pitcher just isn't the same for the rest of the of their, their appearance after that. They start getting a little bit uh, tentative. They try to be more fine because they're afraid to hurt somebody. Nobody wants to hit a guy in the head. Um, I mean some guys probably yeah. think about it every now and then. But uh nobody goes out there attempting to hit somebody in the head in a spring training game, let alone two in a week two in four days. So you, yeah. you feel bad for the kid. He's probably going through some, <laughs> some, some bit of a gun shyness right now after these couple of, uh, this couple of incidents, but 
yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I do think that he just needs some more time to develop. He's 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 not going to be a guy in the big leagues anytime soon. He's probably like a 2023 guy once he adds some more innings after under his belt, uh, if if then. Um, that's really all we've got to talk about. We don't get any games on TV again until the 12th, I believe. So we've still got another five days without Blue Jay baseball. Off day on Monday. Uh, so tomorrow the team is off. So we'll hopefully get some word on Nate Pearson before we, we record again in the middle of the week uh, to give people some updates. Any closing remarks for the show today, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of sit tight. It's going to be a long spring training, and I know some of the some of our players haven't uh, been up to snuff. Uh, you know, nobody's nobody prominent is hitting 400 or anything wild like that, like last season. It just is what it is, and we're we're going to have to suck it up. There's going to be games where we're going to lose seven, five, you know, five, six, seven to one. Something wasn't working. Just focus on the positives. Yeah. Uh... But again, as always, you can send your questions in for us. Do it through Twitter at BFMD Podcast or through the brand new BFMDpodcast.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page, find a way to submit your questions there. Use the hashtag BFMD Podcast on Twitter as well. You can find our show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and there's more out there too. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. We'll be back with you midweek after a couple of more baseball games as we get, uh, we're about three weeks away from opening day now, uh, 25 days, I guess, until April 1st. You'll love to see it. For Patrick out in Halifax, Justin here in Saskatoon, and we will see you guys next time. <laughs>